Hello, listeners. It's time once again to join in another episode of Movie Mastery. Already in progress. (laughs) It's the podcast where we watch the movies that you recommend to us. I am John, and interrupting me is my co-host, Jeff. (laughs) Hi, John. How are you? I'm I'm glad to hear it. Oh, (laughs) good. All right. That's the the bit's over. I'm done. And that's the bit. (laughs) I needed some kind of mirth, John, after the movie you made me watch. Yeah, it was a real stinker. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if this one made number two at the box office. I'm just kidding. This never saw a theater. God. Okay, so we watched Monstered. And it is a 2003 movie that I... Is it? God. Is it really? Are we sure? I'm... I mean... Is it legally a movie? I mean, it's like an hour and 15 long, and... I guess that's true. Images and sound are committed to film. Indeed. I mean, Uh, maybe film was involved. I, I somewhat... It was 2003, so I feel like it actually had to... I mean, let's be real. This was shot on some fucking hand camcorders. Oh, yes. This is very much just someone's handy cam mm-hmm. and four by three aspect ratio. You can almost hear the motor in the in the uh, old <laughs> uh, camera just, uh, as this is loading this shit right to a VHS tape. Yeah, it is so bad. The uh, actual sound quality of being like, oh, I can tell when this is just coming through like the camcorder's microphone or if they tried to ADR something in. I mean, I gotta wonder if the people who were involved in this project, like the actors and so on, are mad that it exists. Like, I know I would actually be very mad if I found out that someone was selling my high school play, uh, which had better acting than this. Oh, that, honestly, watching this, I was like, oh, this definitely feels like I'm watching someone's high school play, where someone is just like, good job, you did it, but now we have another job to do. And I'm like, oh, this is... Oh, uncomfortable. Yeah, the uh, the level of amateurishness on display here is just incredible. And this more or less cements my theory that Amazon Prime is the dumping ground. That Yeah, I mean, back in the day, it used to be, with Netflix being pretty much the only game in town for streaming stuff, you could go on there, and if you went to their horror section, you were like, oh, good God, this is just abysmal. There's just the worst things ever. But now... Yeah, now Amazon now Prime, Prime is the you can find shit on Amazon Prime that I I do not know why it's there. Like if you go if, <laughs> if you scroll far enough to the right in Amazon Prime, you'll start finding things that don't even have box art. They'll just it'll just be called like Jenica. And when you click on it, it's some like lady who is a real estate agent and she's just talking about what it's like being a real estate agent and it's seven minutes long <laughs> and you're like, What the fuck is this? How did this get onto Amazon Prime? They don't care. They they just amass content. That's all they do. Yeah, I feel almost like is this going to be the same sort of thing where Amazon's whole ebook self-publishing thing you could go on there, put like a seven-page book up and sell it if you wanted to? Like are they just taking people's submissions and going like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. You got something with video? Here you go, put it up there." Yeah, anything, anything at all. Oh, is it a porno with the sex scenes cut out? Great. Let's go ahead and put that on Amazon Prime. Boy, howdy, are we hungry for content? <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, and this is this is no exception. I think this might be from Brain Damage Films. 
I know that this, I don't think I actually had seen the film company that this was. Yeah, I, I, I it might open with that, but I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, according to IMDb, the only thing I can find that even kind of suggests what company made this is a tag to Psychotronic Films. Oh, production company was 4321 Productions. Ah, okay, very good. More, more two than anything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> I even already did that joke, but don't worry, the movie will do it more than I will. <laughs> so. Yeah, the I'm sort of split on the whole shit puns that happen in this film, because on the one hand... I love it, and I would totally have done the exact same thing in there. On the other hand... You aren't a filmmaker and should not be trusted with filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, you should never give me a camera and let me put things on film. <laughs> know your role. And shut your mouth. Right. Uh, so, to give you the real basic synopsis, no, cre no spoilers, so to speak, this is a I movie guess. about a poop monster that roams a sewer... And kills people until it is defeated by the people. And it's very bad. And it's... No, it's basically someone saw the shit demon from Dogma and went, Haha, that's hilarious. I should make an entire movie of that. Dogma win? I'm trying to remember when Dogma came out. Because you might, you might actually be right. It's entirely possible that I am. This is four years after Dogma. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So they saw the Golgotha demon from Dogma. They were like, oh, what if a whole movie of that? Also, what if I had $11? <laughs> what if I paid my entire production company in McDonaldland dollars? This movie has the pep and charm of like a let's put on a show type story where they were only making the movie to save a community center. And, and here's the sad truth. That community center is a parking lot now. It's a parking lot outside the Richington Ski School. Yeah, this saved no one, and whatever they were attempting, it is good that it was demolished. <laughs> Especially if they used it for the production of this. So, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's all the that's all the details you need to know before we go yeah, to spoilers. Yeah, I mean, just know this is this is just one of those incredibly low budget, awful movies, and uh, you know. You don't need to watch it, and especially if you're like, oh, I've got a thing about, I don't know, poop, then yeah, maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you something. Every time you poop that thing, you poop. This is so bad. I'm sorry. Anyway, John, can we go through this? Can we go through the thing and get started on the other part of it? Sure thing. We are going to take a quick music break, and we will be back with the full spoiler review of Mons Turd. Buy a jumbo check. Alright, we are back, and it is time to get our hands dirty. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is time for us to, uh, feces. It is, it is definitely time to do our duty. Or perhaps our dude diligence. I don't know, I'm bad <laughs> at this. So, uh, I just looked at the main actor in this movie, John, the guy who plays Sheriff Duncan. Uh, I know! Because I was trying to figure out, he has a picture, so I was like, oh, what else have you starred in? Let's see if you've made it to something else. And his filmography is amazing. I know. It is the most amazing thing that I have seen. Yeah, here's here's the movies he's been in. He was uh, Sheriff Duncan in this movie. 
he was the third police in, policeman in Rectuma. He was Sheriff Duncan again in what I have to assume is the sequel to this movie, Retard Dead. And then he was the bartender <sighs> in Coispiracy. Yep. You know, it's weird to me that they were like, let's get this guy to be our policeman and we'll call him Sheriff Duncan. You get it? Like Duncan Donuts, haha, <laughs> policeman. <laughs> Except his name is Paul Wiener. And I'm like, come on, just just have him be Sheriff Wiener. You're already doing a bunch of dumb shit jokes. A lot of the characters in this movie have shit joke names, too. Like the villain of the movie is named Jack Schmidt. Like, you know, because he's like Jack shit. Do you get it? Yeah, well, you see, it takes place in Butte, California. You know, that spells almost butt. That's so close to butt. Uh, and the the corporation that is evil is Do-Tech. You get, like, do, like, doo-doo, huh? Oh, shoot, that just occurred to me. I did, That hadn't, I, you're right, wow. Hmm. And the, the coffee shop where Sheriff Duncan goes to get donuts is the Morning Dew Cafe. Do you get it? Huh? Do you get it? Because you... If you don't get it, then you're going to miss a lot of the jokes in the movie. <laughs> if you are not on board with every single one of those, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> so, oh my God, this is bad. But it doesn't open in Butt County. Uh, it actually, ha for whatever reason, this movie has a framing device. Yeah, I I have no idea why that was happening. Like, could they just not... Think of a good way to end or begin their movie, and they're like, well, let's just have a framing device. Or were they like, oh, man, we're like five to ten minutes away from getting feature length. We got to pad this. Yeah, that that was going to be my my bet, is that it's almost 100% <laughs> they were trying to beat 80 minutes. But, you know, everyone that was one of the main actors is gone, so we've got to get different people in here for about five to ten minutes worth of extra footage. And it appears to be filmed in a different kind of camera, and the lighting isn't the same. It's pretty clear that that something happened in between the making of the movie, the editing, and then the addition of that sequence. Heck, maybe that's what Paul Wiener was doing, because he's not credited in this film only as the actor who played Sheriff Duncan, but also the second unit camera director. Oh, boy. So he apparently... Uh. <laughs> I like this. That just means he was a different guy with a camcorder. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to do a different angle on this shot. Hey, let me just uh, hold still. There we go. It's going to look like you actually did stop motion. This is so cool. Yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> The framing device is a little girl during a storm is like, Daddy, tell me a bedtime story. And then he says, why don't you tell me one? And her bedtime story is the tale of Jack Schmidt, who turns into a poop monster and kills people. Yeah. So she has to be like... You'd think halfway through this, the dad would just stop and go, honey, what? Well, I mean, no. notably because she's really leaning into the descriptives at the beginning. Because she's her, her intro is like, oh... A long time ago, there was a good and wholesome place called Butte County, California, where the people were good, and they went on bike rides and did good things. But little did they know, the evil scientists of Dutech were doing bad janitorial science DNA experiments. They were bad people doing all kinds of dastardly... You'd think you'd be like, okay, I, I, I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. There was good people, they were doing good things, and bad people did bad things. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> Stop it, you're not the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> you have God help me, I wish you were every day. <laughs> I wish all my kids were the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Fortunately, only one of them is the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Hello, Father! <laughs> did you just make an ironic wish? <laughs> 
No, please, no. Okay, never mind. I wish less of my kids were the Crypt Keeper. I call this one number two son. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, now, and then they're just telling the same story at the same time. <laughs> ah, well, oh, wait a minute. No, now I'm being sucked into it. Long time ago in Butte County. Do you get it? It's like butt. <laughs> Uh, good lord. Anyway, that's the framing device, and the initial introduction to the movie is that, yes, there's an evil doctor working in a place called Dutech, and they're just filming inside of some water filtration plant, and he's just turning levers and vials and doing shit. You don't really get a whole lot of detail about what's up with him yet, but also, at the same time, across town at, at the prison, there's an evil bad guy who's escaping from the bad guy prison. I do want to say that I absolutely loved this because the the guard goes to like open the cell and go in there and be like Schmidt get out here and he has replaced himself with just like a little poorly made dummy mannequin Yeah I mean it's like it's his face <laughs> drawn on a balloon and the cop goes in there and is like shaking the mannequin and slapping it like Jack Jack Schmidt get out here like this is great yeah. thank you for that what's going on jack schmidt you seem to have lost a lot of head weight <laughs> it was it was a choice and i appreciate it It was a hoot uh now jack schmidt is running through the wilderness and we are gonna like jump around a lot during this because we have to go to like Special Agent Hannigan, who is the one who caught him to start with, because he's a serial killer, is Jack Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, and she's uh, an FBI and agent. Then, yeah, so we have to go to what is very clearly someone's just, like, rental office. We see a lot of the rental office. They shoot it from every angle. I'm pretty sure it's actually a school administration office, because we also see it in the uh, the prison's warden's office, and it just has, like, whiteboard behind his desk, and the whiteboard has, like... Just the words parole written on it in big letters. Uh, but I think we see the same office from four different angles for four different offices. Yes. So we have to go to the FBI and they're like, Hannigan, you were the one who brought him in in the first place. You should be the one to go out there. Yes, chief. I will do that. I will go out there now. I will catch him. He won't get away. Hang on. I'm an extra. And I just want to say you did excellent police work. <laughs> That is a thing that happens at that point. A woman who has only has that line just kind of pops in and is like, wait, that's you? Your agent Hannigan? You did some damn fine police work. It's so good. God, <laughs> the stilted acting. Uh, there's so many shots where you can tell that they didn't quite know how to do the editing and the, and the bringing. So there's a lot of shots of characters like awkwardly standing there for a second and then going, look, a monster. Oh, yeah. It's real good. It's a, there it's is, adorable. We also have to cut to uh, our two deputies, Dan and Rick, who are just the worst. Deputy Dan and Deputy Rick are a couple of dumb fucks that are, that's their whole, like, routine. Yeah, they get the call that Schmidt is on the loose and one of them's taking a piss. <laughs> it's funny because, you see, urination is funny. Any bodily movement is funny. Fun fun note on that, John. Uh, Deputy Rick, the smarter one of the two, kind of, is also the uh, director of the film and the head of 4321 Filmmaking. Indeed. Mm -hmm. 
Now, isn't that a lovely note? To- well, yeah. I mean, Deputy Dan and Deputy Rick are the two directors of this. Oh, God. <laughs> and the writers. And, this, and their names are actually Dan and Rick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so those two were just, you know, they're a couple of dummies who were constantly peeing or making bad jokes or just doing old cop routines. I do love that when we see them in what I assume is the same office as everything else, they have a bunch of, like, wanted posters behind them, but they all have handwritten on them things like jackass and dickweed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to remember the third cop's name. There's a third cop who's always sort of hanging out in the office and is kind of just a mean shit. Like, well, I mean, we not. I think is it- we have uh the i was gonna say there's whatever the tech is the one who's actually doing no i know who you're talking about the the guy who i think he's fbi but he's like the one they he's one of the two people in the movie and this is one of the best marks of a super cheap movie is that they'll hire a couple people to play like a physicist and a science man yes and he's one of our movies to a science mans who aren't the bad guy uh he, yeah johnny waters yeah he's the he's the one who's like i'm a computer expert and i can tell you where the poop man has been and then the other one we aren't going to meet for quite a while but he's just like an entomologist and you can tell he's a professor because he has a pipe it's everything <laughs> about this is uh yeah so we meet these two chuckleheads uh who are alerted to the fact that uh jack schmidt has escaped from prison and they can't quite catch up to him because one of them is taking a piss. Yeah. Now, of course, during this, we also get to go to our main villain, who is Dr. Stern. And Dr. Stern is making some sort of bacteria that eats people, I guess. Uh, they describe it as a new kind of multicellular bacteria that fuses with the chromosomes of its victims uh, to do something that no one's ever seen before. That's the psycho babble that we, or the, the techno babble that we get in the film. I do appreciate. It's highly carnivorous. I, I appreciate this scene because we have an, like an old lady scientist character here. And ba- basically the two of them are standing around talking about how he's invented this virus. And then in the room behind them, a guy is just like wildly pressing buttons on a machine. And the lady turns around and is like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And then she just wanders off and dies in that room. Yeah, she goes in there, closes the door, and then she starts hitting buttons randomly. And it honestly just looks like they managed to convince Sandy Toxvig to put pudding on her face. I mean, that's pretty much what that entire scene is. Well, I mean, ultimately, outside of the full shit costume that they have in the film, pudding on your face is how you know that there's poop in this movie. Yes. Uh, So so Uh, we see a lot of people with pudding on their face. Now, (laughs) this kills the good doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. And this, well, the, kills the uh, it kills the lady. Uh, she's probably yeah, also it a kills doctor. The good do- yeah. I assume she's the good doctor. Oh, okay. Um, and the evil doctor Stern puts her in a tub. Well, one of those barrels, and it's full of his horrible, highly carnivorous bacteria, and it consumes her. And then he decides to dump all of that into the sewer in the middle of a we- or like a regular neighborhood. Like he didn't even drive to a in like a lightly daylight. populated industrial part of town or anything. He was just like, ah, between these two houses should do. Yes, I'll just take this giant chemical drum and here in the suburbs I will pour it down the drain in broad daylight. That'll show that Pennywise what's what. Uh, and I love that he has an assistant that will be here throughout the film named Timmy. Mm-hmm. And Timmy is like, why? 
what why are you doing this and he's like it's science it's all our my bacteria needs a wet cool dark place and i'm like yes obviously you should pour it down a drain where you cannot monitor it <laughs> science it's not just that because after he dumps everything down the drain he goes and retrieves her, the lady's clothes and skull and throws them back in the barrel and he's like see timmy now that part will need a cold wet place for gestation yeah and then of course also has to threaten timmy with like ah i killed this lady who was already dead, if you don't want to join her, you'll shut up. Yeah, he threatens Timmy every time he talks to Timmy. The, the, a lot of the characters in this movie do the same thing in about five scenes and then die. Yeah. Uh, so Timmy it does it does not want to do all these evil things that the doctor is suggesting, but he is worried for his job. And so he continues to do so. Yeah. Now, Schmidt goes down into the sewer to try and get away. Because, you know, we need a movie to happen. Mm. And he's getting chased by uh, Sheriff Duncan and Agent Hannigan. And he falls into some reservoir and he's dying. Yeah, he falls into a reservoir of the green goop and he's like, oh, damn you. And so on. Uh, you motherfuckers. And then, and then he, he drops to his knees, which the movie wants you to think is him melting. Yes. <laughs> and then he gets replaced by a spirit Halloween skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yep. It has all of the same, like, oh, we kind of, like, airbrushed black onto the sides of things. It is no work done. Just <laughs> just a spirit Halloween skeleton in a torn jumpsuit. What do you know? That guy was only, like, four feet tall in life, according to his skeleton. And he had a rare <laughs> condition where he had mold huh. lines. Weird. <laughs> This would make... No wonder he was a serial killer. This would make him a perfect Smallville villain. <laughs> oh, he was born with mold lines. But then one day, about 12 years ago, they mysteriously cleared up. <laughs> Ever since he started using kryptonite brand skin lotion. <laughs> uh, anyway, we don't see him again for a while. The next scene we do is Deputy Dan uh, at a restaurant talking to the waiter of the restaurant, the waitress. Yeah, he is at the Morning Dew Cafe, uh -huh. and I don't understand why this scene exists. It is the most stilted thing there's ever been, and I feel like that be might be why it's here. Like, they watched it after they made it, and they were like, that has no point in the movie, and we should cut it. But A, we can't afford to cut anything, and B, this needs to go in a museum. <laughs> uh, people need to look upon this and despair. <laughs> this is what we have to put on the outside of those nuclear dump sites. None, none of that, this is not a place of honor. Just this playing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that ought to keep him out. <laughs> Fucking Sheriff Duncan is, like, oh. talking to this waitress. Is it Duncan? I thought and... it was Deputy Dan. Okay, it's Sheriff Duncan. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, we've got that Schmidt guy, and he's dead. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. He was bad. He was a bad guy. <laughs> In fact, Sheriff, because you did a good job of killing the bad guy... Why don't you take home a dozen of my glazed donuts? And he's like, oh, yeah. Why don't you sit on my face and make my face a glazed donut? And she's just like, oh, Sheriff, any time. <laughs> There's nobody who hasn't had your glazed donuts. Oh, that's right. He also throws that in there, which at the time I was just like, oh, so her glazed donuts are delicious and popular. But then really what he's doing is just saying, hey, why don't you uh, have sex with me? You slut who has sex with everybody. Yep. Not great. It's an amazing scene. Not great. 
Luckily for this waitress actor, she never comes back, so that's good at least. Yep. Oh my god. The the uh <laughs> the scene with the husband and the shrill wife. Oh, is that where we're going now? That seems reasonable. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a few filler things in this, but honestly, it's all just nonsense garbage and who cares. Yeah, there's a there's a short, compact little husband guy, and he walks past his wife as she angrily and aggressively chops up an apple and he says to her honey i'm going out to get a couple of beers with keith and the boys and then she goes all <laughs> I'll like be back in two hours yeah and then she goes all like mrs andy cap on him she's like no you will go downstairs and clean that toilet you are a bad person for letting your friends come over and ruin that toilet and you're gonna go and she's like threatening him with a knife oh yeah she's got this butcher knife out and is just like you let them into that game room and they shit in that toilet and you don't clean it i can smell it from here she is the angriest anyone has ever been about anything and honestly i'm not sure if they're married i think he might just be her crappy roommate <laughs> because i mean literally there's a point where she thinks he's run off and her first thought is not i'm going to divorce him but Officers, I need you to come look at the evidence in this room so that I can sue him. Yeah, it's strange, but, like, the officers are also like, oh, what happened to your husband? So, you know. Yeah, you're right. A, That's a strong argument in favor of your position. I got. I know. I gotta be honest with you. I did not expect you to have that. Ar I'm gonna need, I'm gonna call for a five-minute recess at this point. <laughs> if you would like to approach the bench. <laughs> Your Honor, that argument makes my job really hard. Please tell him he can't have it. <laughs> uh, sustain. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Your Honor. Here is a dozen glazed donuts. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I could. I have been rubbing my groin with glazed donuts for the past several days. <laughs> so the husband goes downstairs to the toilet and begins just with bare hands, like, grabbing loose, shitty toilet paper and throwing it into the toilet. And they're yelling at and each then, other still. They're, at this point, she's like, don't don't just throw soap at it and flush it. And he's like, I know how to clean a fucking toilet. Oh, yeah. But he, he I don't think, does. Because at this point, he takes a plunger and he is just, like, going at this toilet to the point where, before a shit monster even appears, he is getting blasted with brown water in the face, and he's just like, Fuck! Damn it! Arrgh! Just for a very long time as he's just angrily trying to murder this toilet with a plunger. And then uh, a poop monster murders him. We don't get to see the poop monster in this scene because we still have to save something for later. But he, we do see him go, ah, and then Poop kind of murders him, sort of. Like, you can see some Poop come in from off the side of the screen and... and yeah, we get Poop hands, str basically. Strangle him. Uh, we then cut to the two deputies coming over to investigate the scene, and she's just like, oh, yeah, I told him he had to clean the toilet, and he got so mad that he went in there and shit on the walls and ceiling. He just shit everywhere. And then he ran. <laughs> I love that there was like, wow, why would he do that? <laughs> doesn't seem that seems very unreasonable <laughs> and, uh, and they look in there and of course one of the things you're gonna have to get used to in this movie is long scenes of semi-comical gagging yeah so this is one the, of them of the two of the cops just going oh it smells so bad it's, in here it smells like shit in here Ugh, poopy and then we get 
what is apparently Jack Schmidt's calling card, which is after he murders someone, he apparently writes in poop on the wall some manner of poop-related warning? I like the idea that he was doing that before he was the poop monster. Because that's what they say. They see it, and it says, like, don't get caught with your pants down. And they're like, Jack Schmidt's calling card. Yeah, and we have, like, we go over to Hannigan, and she's got, like, all of these crime scene photos that are just different people like, yeah, you eat shit now, written on the wall. And I'm like, what is going on? I gotta be honest, I didn't even put together that that was supposed to be his pre-poop monster phase. I thought that was just supposed to be some time passed, and he has killed like ten people in town, and he keeps leaving shit-related messages above them. Oh no, this is to let you know that they're putting together that this poop monster is actually Schmidt. (laughs) Uh, At this point, they go down to the sewers to look for him, uh, and they do... Wait, is this when they find the the other dead body down there? Or, or is that the dead, well, that's the dead body of the husband they find down there? No, that's a, there's like a sewer worker that's down there. Oh, right. That yeah. is trying to find something and they're like, oh, what's going on down there? And it's like, oh, something's weird. There's green stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, there's poop down here. We're in a sewer. And he's like, no, it's green and slimy and it smells bad. And she's like, yeah, oh, there's, poop. I, there's some weird shit here. Yeah, it's shit. There's a sewer. Ugh. And he's like, no, it's green and stinky. And she's like, yeah, you're still you're still describing some kinds of shit. I don't know why you're you think you'd just be like, it's not poop, though. It's a green, weird substance. That's not. It is non sewer related. <laughs> Uh, well, they find a gross body, which has, like, a bunch of fake worms all over it, and the skin's been removed, so it's just, like, a bunch of red meat with worms and and fake hands from the Halloween Superstore. Uh, Oh, yeah, we got one of those detached feet, we got a detached arm, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's got that whole, like, the rubber end to it that all of them always have, Yep. and I'm like, good job, you did it! You couldn't even keep that off the side of this. At least when Liefeld drew, he he was like, well, put a cloud right where the feet should go, there we go! Like, there's at least one part of it where they looked at a hand and it was very clearly someone just had their hand down and they didn't, like, go past where the actual person's arm was. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good, you used an actual person for that shot, good. Now, this scene has the most extended barf sequence I've seen since that Monty Python movie, the, the, the two people who find the body are just, and it's the two deputies, they're just in there going like, bleh, bleh, I'm barfing too, bleh, for five of this movie's 80 minutes. Oh, yeah. This was very Team America World Police barf sequence Ooh, there you here. Go. That's another good one. I was thinking of the uh, Monsieur Creosote scene, but you're right. That's, that. yeah. Yeah, this is just, the two of them <laughs> throw up for so long, and I have to imagine that what had happened again was that they were like, well, we need to get some different angles or different shots just to make sure that this actually looks good. So we'll try and have you, you know, do one where stuff's already in your mouth and you just push it out. Or we'll do one where you kind of like put your sleeve up and there's like a hose thing. But then they went, oh, wait a minute. We can't cut anything. It all goes in. Everything goes in. That means even though all these shots are largely identical, they all go in. Yep. 
by God, we have five minutes of something filmed. It is in this movie. Yeah. We then the uh, Duncan and Hannigan show up, and they do not comically bark for several minutes. They just look over the body, and they're like, "Wait a minute! I think that might explain how we got a call about a sewer worker being missing." Hmm. Uh, uh, I like that. Uh, at some point. They're like, oh, they get a sample of whatever this nasty water stuff is. It's right here. So th- this is Hannigan just goes, I need to get a sample of that fluid he's in. And then they just call and tell the doctor that they found it. The evil doctor. Yeah. Well, first they have to give it to Johnny Waters because he's like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. Look at this bacteria. It's multiplying and also highly carnivorous. And look, it seems to have bonded with Schmidt's DNA. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, I think I need to talk to the local science man in town, all called Do-Tech. And that, that leads to a scene where she goes to have a meeting with him in the one office, but this time we're filming it so that you can see out the windows. <laughs> and uh, he's like, now, what is it that you brought to me? And she's like, we found some fluid in the in the sewer uh, that's that's unusual and seems like it may have come from Do-Tech. And he's like, mm, I really doubt that. But just to be clear, where exactly did you find it, and what is it that you think it is, and what color is it, and where can I go get it? <laughs> well, I think I would know if someone was doing a secret experiment. After yes, all, that's why we came to you. Yeah, that, well, I mean, that sequence even happens. Like, I, I was kind of expecting her to get cowed by it, but he's like, she she opens with, we think this might be a Dutek thing. And he's like, I think I would know if Dutek was doing evil experiments. And she's like, yeah, I know, that's why I'm here. And he's like, hmm, well, I definitely didn't do anything, but I will I will go and clean it up anyway. Because and then he's just, Why don't you leave that with me and I'll study it? All right, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. So she leaves it with him and he immediately makes plans through Timmy to go get it again, to go get the slime again and then dump it again. I just, it's so dumb. Everything in this is so goddamn dumb. Yeah, the origin story of Jack Schmidt as a poop monster is fairly convoluted. They had to melt a lady in a carnivorous vile thing. Then he had to fall in her melt runoff. Then he turns into a punster. Yeah, it's great that, like, apparently the bacteria didn't absorb any of Lady Doctor. Right. It just bonded with Schmidt. Yeah, it'd be kind of neat if it was like, also, there's some other DNA in here. Some female DNA. But no, we don't we don't get that. Um, no. What we get here instead is just a long, boring string of of the poop monster murdering people and our our deputy characters doing shtick. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that God. we should mention this because it is relevant to the climax of the movie during that extremely excruciating. Uh, why don't you sit on my face scene? We also get some backstory about how the town's chili cook-off is coming up. Yes, indeed. And how the waitress's chili is a shoo-in to win. Uh, but Cajun Charlie's, like, bowel buster extreme is going to be there. And, oh, that's stiff competition. Yeah, so just so you know, the movie has a whole chili cook-off thing going on because chili makes you poop and fart. Uh, there is a scene in this where the uh, the poop monster shows up at someone's house and we don't see it yet because what we get is a young girl who comes to her father her father is watching on the television <laughs> i was hoping we get to this i mean sure we're skipping a the cartoon one where, yeah we're skipping the one where he kills a hobo but sure yeah whatever yeah he's watching a cartoon why john i think he's watching popular cartoon south park oh he's not though <laughs> he's for this is someone's very poorly drawn version of South Park as they do the Cartman voice 
for every character. Yes, they do slight variations on the Cartman voice, and it's very clearly one person doing all the voices, and it's so dumb. They even It's just a still frame of a extremely nasty drawing of the four South Park boys. Oh, yeah. And instead, it's about, like, Mr. Dinky the Easter Poop. Yeah, yeah. And he leaves chocolate eggs for kids. Yeah, so, and this is an extended thing. It's, they keep panning across this this static shot of four South Park drawings with their mouths moving like a fucking clutch cargo or a Conan O'Brien sketch. Uh, no, they... That's no, there's no such thing as Mr. Happy, the Christmas poop. Uh, yeah, huh, dumbass. I heard he comes and he leaves chocolate poops egg for the kid. Yeah, it is. It's rough. It is exceedingly rough. I mean, and then the child comes in and is like yelling about, oh, dad, there's a, a big do in the bathroom. He's like, yes, I'm very proud of you, honey. And she has to- no, it's. It's a monster. Look, you don't need to be scared of your poop. I'm not talking about my poop, Daddy. I just, there is a giant monster poop in the bathroom. It's going to kill me. And he he's so invested in watching fake South Park that he's just like, no, honey, poop can't kill you. Uh, eventually, he's like, all right, honey, I'll go get the plunger and we'll take care of it. And he gets in there and he's like, oh, look at this little tiny poop in the toilet. This is what all the fuss is about. And then, of course, the shit monster comes out from behind the shower curtain. Yes, and it closes the door so that the little girl can hear her dad being put to death. Yeah. <laughs> when they interview her, the police sketch artist is like, mm, you said there was corn in there and peanuts. So would you say smooth or chunky? <laughs> God damn it. And that was almost the, the one joke in the movie where I was like, oh, yeah, I, that that's pretty good. And I mean, the one sad part is when you see the poop monster, there is no corn or nuts to be seen on that costume. I mean, all the better for it, because, you know, that costume lo- is supposed to look like one giant poop. And, you know, they would have put like a giant corn nugget in it. <laughs> But, in, but instead, the costume looks like a brown version of the Mystery Science Theater planet from old episodes. You remember, uh, remember that big ball so, that they would rotate for the credits? It just looks like a brown yeah. that. Uh, Probably because it is. But, I'm guessing that the costume is made out of just spraying on rubber caulking onto a onto a bodysuit. Oh, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the girl gets gets traumatized when he finally shows her a picture that does the police artist of a monster poopy. Yep. <laughs> Good job. You did it. God damn it. You drew a cartoon of a big monster poop. And she's like, ah, I'm scared of that drawing. And she runs away. And the deputy guys are like, good job, dumbass. You just scared the shit out of our witness. Har, be har, be har. Har, 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 har. (laughs) I said shit, boy. Now, one of the main things with this whole chili cook-off is now we have to get an extended jaws sequence parallel with like we can't shut down the chili cook-off that's the revenue for most of the year for our town and i'm like oh i get it i get that you're doing the whole like fourth of july beach fucking jaws thing like i understand that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. but you're doing this for like a good 20 minutes where they have to then like go to the city council and be like we need to shut down there's uh, there's a, a, par- a parasite in the sewer and it'll kill your butt. Yeah, instead of bothering with any of that, what they do instead is they drive around town in a cop car yelling out of a megaphone and it gets real silly after a while because it's jokes. 
So well, the guy who's driving. That's that is later. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's later. Sure. Uh, it's after they've already decided that fuck the town council. They're going to take matters into their own hands. Can we, can we take a moment to discuss the scene where Agent Hannigan comes over to Sheriff Duncan's house for a drink? Yes, we can. Thank you. That would be very nice <laughs> for me. <laughs> So the two of them just sort of awkwardly wander into a house because it's Sheriff Duncan's house. And he's like, yeah, can I get you a drink? And she's like, that would be nice. Oh, wait, is this a picture of you with your wife? And he's like, oh, don't be worried. She died a few years ago. Cancer. But I'm not sad about it. I like to remember the good times. And she's like, that's a healthy attitude. And then he pours her a drink, alcohol into a cup from his flask. Yeah, they have one drink where he gets it from a bottle, a second drink where he just pours it out of his flask, there is hot and heavy jazz porno music going on, and then eventually they finish their drinks, and she's just like, well, I gotta go. <laughs> I will see you tomorrow at the at the meeting with the city. And he's like, yes, indeed, you will. Thank you for coming over. And, and then she just leaves. Yeah, I have to imagine that the uh, the reason for that is it looks like the person playing Agent Hannigan is Deputy Dan's wife. So he was like, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to kiss this dude. You can't kiss Paul Weiner. That you're my wife. So we're not having that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the best guess. It, it's weird, though, because he's one of the writers of the film. So you'd think he would have been like, wait a minute. Should I write in a love scene for my wife and then hastily write it out? I wonder if it was like a writer's room thing where the uh, other guy, Rick was kept putting it in there. Oh. Movie needs a love scene. We got to put in a love scene. Can't it be a love scene? <laughs> Can't it be a love scene for Deputy Dan? He's not the main character. No. Of course not. Dan gets nothing. He's an idiot. <laughs> you can't have a movie where a guy who pees on camera also gets a love scene. Unless you're Tom Hanks, and you, sir, are no Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she just sort of leaves, and then they go on to that city council meeting thing. Yeah, they try to convince them to shut it down. Eventually, they admit that there is a poop monster, and they are left out of the city council. Mm -hmm. And that is when they decide <laughs> that they are going to take matters into their own hands, including calling up Professor Downing. Professor Entomologist. They're studying the poop on their own with, uh, what's his name, Johnny Waters, the, uh, yep. the, the scientist. And at one point... They're like, how can we defeat this guy? He's made of actual poop. Nothing seems to damage him. And then uh, Hannigan looks over and she's like, hold on. Is that Relifo Pink or whatever she says it, as the non-brand name Pepto-Bismol? Yes. And he's like, yes, that is some Sudo Pink. And she's like, hang on, let me try something. Oh my God, it melts the poop. It's like an acid. <laughs> uh, and I love that they call like professor downing who you can tell is an entomologist because there is a tarantula on a table near him but not on his table and he is smoking a comically large pipe that is not lit uh, yeah, it's just a big pipe in his mouth and he's just this big dude with like a huge like metalhead ponytail oh yeah i mean it really does look like they got Pen Gillette to come in here and guest star as the professor. Yeah, I, I love this guy because he looks exactly like the kind of guy where, oh, we need someone to play a single role in a movie. Do you have like a big lunk-headed metalhead buddy who wouldn't mind putting on a nice shirt for 10 minutes? <laughs> we'll have a scene uh, where he listens to metal in the car so he can be re uh, true to his likes and dislikes. <laughs> and they just call fucking... him, they're like, hey, are you an entomologist? Yes, yes, I am. 
Uh, are you an expert in flies? I would like to think I know a very great deal about flies. Yes. Yo, can we get about a million flies? Well, I'm... Yeah, that'll take me about two to three days. And he's just like, he's just like, I am very busy right now. I will have that ready in two days. What? One million flies. Oh, God. I know it doesn't come up yet, but I just want to mention, since we're talking about it, during the climax of the film, Professor Downing shows up with a million flies in an open cat carrier. Just a cat carrier. The flies are stuck. You can hear the flies in there. They, they play the sound for it. And and it's just a, one of those cat carriers that is full of holes. Yeah, uh, it didn't like put plastic or anything around it. It is just a cat carrier that is very clearly empty. <laughs> they play a buzzing sound when he holds it. And, and and then when he opens, he just opens that little grate on the front and just the fake flies start just pouring out of it. It's amazing. And he's That was what was stopping them. The grate. Yeah, it was just a little grate. It was stopping all these flies. And he uh he drives to the scene not realizing that he's part of a plan to defeat a monster or anything. So there's just these shots of him like in his truck at a stoplight with a big fly container next to him, pipe in his mouth and just listening to, to death metal. And he's just like, doo-dee-doo, I am smiling and happy about the thing. <laughs> I could, oh, man, I that was the that was the moment in the movie where I pretty much broke. I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't, I, I'm not saying that at that point I was like, okay, you won me over. This is funny. I was just like, I can't, I can't anymore. And I had to pause it. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta just take a minute for me. <laughs> Mental health break. Uh, there. So the plan that Hannigan and Duncan come up with is they're going to strap themselves in diapers. Yeah. And they make the, the snitty cop who was also hanging around at the, uh, the station all the time put a diaper on his head too and he's like this is stupid i don't want to put a diaper on my head and they're gonna get super soakers full of pepto-bismol uh i'm sorry john i think you mean sue though pink uh yes sue though pink okay and they're gonna <laughs> that's when they drive around town with a megaphone being like dear populace do not poop in your toilet Find somewhere else to poop. Perhaps you could try pooping in a bucket and throwing it outside, as with medieval times. Or poop <laughs> in a bag. Or the ever-popular pooping in the woods. You have to listen to me, because I am a cop and I have a megaphone. Uh... And then he just starts, like, reciting a nursery rhyme about pooping? Yeah, th something weird goes on here. I'm not sure why, but... There you go. And and uh, at this point, we every, everything's in place. The villain, who we haven't checked in with in a while, has a weird conversation with his butler. Uh, th this is doc the doctor again, Dr. Stern. And, and uh, he's at his house stoking a fire with a fireplace poker because he's a bad guy. And uh, his butler comes in. He's like, Victor, it's time for us to move on a project. What do you know about disguises? And Victor's like, disguises, <laughs> sir. Not much. Well, perhaps it's time to make a change. Uh, and then and all that happens is he goes to the like the guy who's in charge of sewer maintenance and takes his like clothes and the neck brace he was wearing. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's no attempt to look like him. Just wear the clothes and neck brace. Yeah, he just puts on clothes and a neck brace and goes down into the sewer where he looks for the the uh, shit monster. Now 
we have skipped over a point earlier in the film where where the doctor and the shit monster have a conversation. Yes. It's an important and... conversation. It sets up one of the most important lines in the film where he's like, you're a wonderful creature. I have created you. I am your creator. How do you feel? And the, and the guy, Jack Schmidt's like, well, I feel like shit. I look like shit. I smell like shit. I think I'm shit. <laughs> I'm a monster. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know what the plan was with the butler being this guy, because all he does is go down there, find a poop monster and get murdered by him. Like, there was no plan here. I don't know what he was trying to do, because if it was lead them away from the monster, boy, that didn't work. Well, the whole thing I was trying to get to here when I was when I was saying that in the first place, I, I got kind of distracted, but the uh, he has a conversation with Dr. Stern. So Dr. Stern knows about the poop monster and what he could do, but he sends down his lackey to find him for X reason. We don't know what the fuck the point of that was. How does he try to summon the poop monster, John? What is his technique for finding Jack Schmidt? <sighs> Why he wanders? He is walking around in the sewer, going <laughs> over and over again. That's right. Wander is making fart noise. <laughs> it's astonishing. It's truly amazing. Anyway, he gets found by the sewer monster and or the poop monster and murdered. Yes, and then much the same happens to Doctor Stern. Uh, indeed, yes. Doctor Stern also is goes down into into the sewers, and he's like, "Hello, I can help you. I know things I can do for you." And the poop monster's like, "Just broad, just kills him and drags him yeah. around for a while first, too." But eventually, we have a whole like for some reason Johnny Waters has a radar for the sewer setup, so he can tell where they are and the poop monster is. And of course, the they need to lead him out into the sunshine so that the sun can help dry him up. Yeah. Which and also they can cover him in Pepto Bismol and also he can get eaten by flies. Like they have three different plans going at the same time. I really appreciate that their idea of how a stool softener works is that you use it to soften existing poop. Yes. <laughs> that's how that works. That's of course that's how that works. Cuz sometimes you see some poop around and you're like that poop is just too firm. I, I gotta douse it with this. That'll that'll uh, soften up the poop so that it'll be all, you know, loose and fluey. That's good for me. Uh, but, uh, oh no, it, poop monsters chasing them through the sewer, and where they are going to come out is right near the chili cook-off. And this cuts to our second kind of moment where the, they just film shit that happened to be happening in town. So there's a, there's a chili cook-off that they are filming. And it's like a little town fair is happening, and there's a whole bunch of extras making themselves cotton candy or uh, pointing off into the distance. There's one shot of who I think is supposed to be Cajun Charlie, which is a juggalo making or serving out chili, and he just goes, it's good chili, man. Oh, no, that isn't. That was like hell's something or whatever the cajun charlie thing we don't get to see him <laughs> we just we see just see someone's hands pouring tabasco and hot sauce over and over again into a bowl there's nothing else even in the bowl and as this scene is being filmed like there's just a trash can with a bowl over it full of red sauces of various heats and you hear a guy going hey, 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 i'm gonna get me some chili hey, hey. i'm gonna get some of that cajun charlie's hey, spicy chili <sighs> it, go yep. it goes on for about a minute you're just like what is this what I guess I guess this is closing the loop. I guess that's what that looks like. And the great part is you can tell that this was just, oh, there's, you know, a county fair and a chili cook-off going on somewhere near wherever they were making this. 
but they weren't allowed to film at it because they have plenty of pictures of like the fair going on when it cuts to Cajun Charlie it is clearly just close up of hands and a table and nowhere actually near a fair and when the poop monster comes out and they're all being chased by it it's just one person that they have that's in a park by themselves go oh my gosh look yeah they have a woman that's the most stilted shot in it there's a woman who comes out and they film her walking in from from the side and then pointing and going a poop monster like they should have you know cut that initial stuff and just had her pointing but no no that would cut three seconds of valuable filler uh so they douse the poop monster with their super soakers and the professor opens up his cat carrier full of very polite flies that did not leave until then which i still do, i don't even think he knows what he's doing i think they just were like go no he's just up on the hill with a smile on his face and a song he in just his got heart told go up there and let loose some, a million flies and he's like sure that's a thing we entomology professors do you want me to release a million flies immediately adjacent to the chili cook-off hmm, yes that sounds like appropriate college business Yes, indeed, I'll be right there. Anyway, uh, the movie reveals a generalized misunderstanding of how flies and poop interact, um, because at this point, the Pepto-Bismol monster is standing there going, ah, it's burning me, ah, oh no, flies! And then we get a bunch of shots of cartoon flies stabbing their proboscises into poop over and over again. Yeah, it's like little fucking papier-mâché flies that they're like, Ah, we're just going to shove this at something that looks brown over and over again. Yeah, flies don't eat poop. They lay their eggs in it. Yeah, well, but you, too bad. You know what? Whatever. You get a million flies together, they're going to eat a poop monster. That's, so saith monster. That's how it works. Thank you, 4321 Films. Uh, <sighs> and he falls apart. They don't have the budget for him to actually melt, so instead his arms and legs fall off. Yeah, they just take the various pieces of the costume and lay them down part by part. <laughs> And that's that. That's pretty much the end of the movie, except that we get the closeout of the framing device, which has popped up here and there throughout the film. Every once in a while, you'll, you'll they'll have a, a scene of like setting up an outside shot, and they'll have the little girl go, and then the sheriff went back to the police station. Yeah. But now we're getting we get the, a little bit of that. And then we get the closeout joke where she's like, and the monster was dead. And her father's like, is that the end of the story? No, then they sold the movie rights to Hollywood and made a million dollars. And then she screams real loud and pulls the blanket over her head, and her dad looks confused at that and leaves, and the credits roll. Well, yeah, because there was a lightning flash, Ah, okay. you see, and she's scared of the, the storm. Okay, I thought she was, like, trying to connect that, oh, no, the poop monster is actually real. No. And here he is. Uh, and then the movie ends... With a song. Uh, a song in its heart. The same song that the metalhead guy was listening. I'm sorry. Oh, the no. The professor. I'm kidding. It's not the same. It's number two, The Ballad of the Monsterd. Yep. And it's just a bunch of poop jokes. Yep. It is an entire song that is probably the most competently done thing in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a bunch of poop jokes that are strung together, talking about how, you know... Schmidt was gonna get his hands dirty, and then, oh, you're in deep doo-doo if he gets you, and so on and so on. Yep. <laughs> and Ugh. and I, I listened to about three minutes worth of the song, got sick of it, 
and then just scrolled through to see if there was a, a post credit sequence I needed to know about. There is not. The end. Yep. That's it. So uh, there you go. There's Mon's turd. I'm, I'm so glad I saw Mom's turd. I'm sorry, Mon's turd. I'm not happy I saw uh, Mom's turd. Now, we're going to go ahead and give our bests and worsts. Jeff, what was the best thing in this movie for you? Oh, gosh, my favorite thing in this movie. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go with the entire character of the entomologist. Oh, sure. Yeah, because he's just Obviously. he's just thrilled to be there. He's not really a part of the overall plot. And his whole thing where he's like, yes, I'll deliver a million flies to a cliff overlooking the jelly cook-off. That's what professors do. I'm very busy. See you in two days. Uh, I also enjoy that he never had a scene with anyone else in the movie. It is always just him by himself somewhere. Yes, yeah. He's always either on the phone or driving his truck. He has no connection to the rest of the... Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, that's my favorite thing, John. What would you say is yours? Oh, man. There's, there's so much to choose from. But I'm gonna have to go... Like I said towards the beginning, the scene of the prison guard shaking a very poorly crafted dummy and going, Jack, Jack Schmidt, wake up, <laughs> is, it's just so good to me. Yeah, that was, that was particularly fantastic. And we do get more than one shot of a dummy with crap all over it as well. So I think they got a lot of use out of their extremely cheap dummy. Uh, so good. Now... What was the worst part of this movie? Now, that's a rough one. I mean, ultimately, I, I think I have to go with the mega stilted, awkward waitress and, and Sheriff Duncan scene. Yeah, well, the, that's a good the one. The line was just like, why don't you sit on my face and make me a glazed donut? Oh, Sheriff, <laughs> anytime, Sheriff, we will definitely do that. Ha ha, everyone has had your glazed donut. Uh, what about you? Yep. What was your least favorite part? I'm going to bring up a scene that we didn't mention, which is the sheriff is supposed to, I guess, be a... And we know this because one of the characters says it and we see him in a bar. Uh, the second time we see him in a oh, bar... Oh, right. God damn. It is after they have tried to uh, talk the council into shutting down toilets everywhere and not having the cook-off. And he's like, hey bartender do you have a toilet here and he's like yeah you know we do been coming here for like 25 years and he's like i have so many good memories of that toilet you met your i met wife. my wife <laughs> you met your wife there i got my first blowjob in that toilet <laughs> and it's just so weird and has no point to it oh, and the fact that he has to ask, do you have a toilet here? And the bartender's like, are you, are you dumb? <laughs> yeah. Well, first he's like, bartender, give me another, you know, like a classic drunk dialogue. And the bartender's like, okay, here's another drink. And he, he just pushes over an already made drink. <laughs> but hey, do you have a toilet? And then they have a long conversation about how he knew there was a toilet there for sure. And then finally the bartender capstones the whole joke with, I'm going to have to cut you off. Uh, yeah. Yep. God damn, that scene was nothing, and it's so dumb and bad. I'm I'm looking at the list of people who have, like, photos in the IMDb profile right now, and the woman who played the extremely mad wife uh, has a few other roles. She played Deputy Dan's husband in the sequel to this, or the semi-sequel to this, mm -hmm. but also she was the producer of a documentary about Chelsea Manning that had Chelsea Manning in it. Ah! Neat was called, All right. called XY Chelsea. She also appeared as herself, not Chelsea, the uh, the woman 
who I was talking, her name's Jean something or other, Lisa Rain, excuse me. Okay. So yeah, just crazy. Just the connections between this movie. I, I'm blown away by how weird this thing is. Anyway, yeah, thank you for at least. There's a lot going on here. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and rate the movie now. We're each going to give it a rating from zero to five. Jeff. Uh, this is going to get the gentleman's one. I think there were a couple points where I was like, oh, I get it. And it doesn't, it, <laughs> it has to be like meanly offensive to me to really get down to the 0.5. And outside of that one little sit on my face joke, there was nothing in here that was like, you know, beyond just poop, poop humor. So I'm giving it a yeah. one. Where are you at? Well, obviously, Jeff, I'm going to give it a number two. Fair enough. You should have given it another number one so it would finish with a number. But if you want to break character, by all means. Oh, I never want to finish with two. <laughs> I want to start with a number two. That's a good way to start your day. And then finish with a number three. Oh, well, now I'm confused. Do we <laughs> can, can we talk about that off air for a little bit? I want to know what, you, what it is you're doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. I'll tell you in detail. In detail and in private. Folks, you're never going to know what John does in the bathroom. Unless <laughs> you're you, never going to know, unless, no matter how much you beg. Unless you join our Patreon at the $5 level. Folks, let's talk about that Patreon. <laughs> if you go to System Mastery on Patreon, you can join us for bonus content. We are watching through Smallville right now for TV Mastery at the $5 level. And it's, it is good times. It's a hoot. And you also unlock all of our other bonus content. All of it. Everything. Everything but the, uh, what John does on the bathroom level. That's, that's for you, me, and Ray Liotta. <laughs> that's right. So, so there you have it, folks. Uh, stop on by patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $5 level. You'll actually end up with something like seven to nine bonus podcasts a month. It's a really good deal. Yep. It's super great. And we have a great time with it. Thank you so much for joining us through our journey <laughs> through this movie. Yep. We will be back in another couple weeks with another movie for you. And until then, you have a good one. Or should I say a good two? <laughs>